Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mercy is the mark of a great man. Oh. Oh. Guess I'm just a good man. Oh. Well, I'm all right. You are not Captain Kirk. You do not belong in charge of the Enterprise and I shall do everything in my power against you. You know what the chain of command is? It's a chain I go get and beat you with till you understand who's in command here. Frequently appalled by the low regard you Earthmen have for life. Welcome to another exciting edition of SFP Now. Um, our special guest interview on, on this episode is with um, writer Anne Toole, who um, has written for quite a few video games. She wrote the Moss uh, Girl uh, tie-in video game, which came out last year on mobile phone, and um, you know there's going to be more stuff coming out for that. Um, and she, you know, she she was also um, involved with an award-winning web series. So I'll be speaking to Anne Toole a little bit later on. Uh, but first to go over news and general song like a uh, sci-fi discussion with me um, returning to the show is Raisa. And now, last week in news. How you doing? I'm good, thanks. I'm, I'm pretty good, I'm pretty good. I'm song like I'm having trouble talking <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> you know, um, pesking it on pesking it on mouthfuls are giving me a little bit of chip. But other than that, I'm fine. Um, so, um, you know, we got quite quite a lot's been happening over the last couple of weeks, and they only barely covered it in last week's uh, show because it was just me on my own last week. Yeah. It was a bit of a rush job. Um, but, you know, we've had... Um, apparently, there's meant to be a new Batman Arkham game coming out. It was supposed to be announced today, actually, but I've not really seen anything on it. So I guess it's probably going to be this week sometime. Um, a new new Batman Arkham game for the uh, for the new console. So that'll be, it'll be interesting to see what what developments happen with that. Cool, cool. Yeah. And um, I'd like to bring up since you mentioned Lost Girl and the game for Lost Girl that Lost Girl has officially been renewed for a fifth season. Yeah, or a faith season. <laughs> or a faith season. Um, and everybody's coming back with. Um, With the exception what, of Cassania Solo, by the look of things. Yeah, I'm I'm reluctant to talk about that because I have gone ahead and watched the whole series um, uh, on Canadian broadcasts because it, because the sci-fi schedule didn't suit me well, this you know, time around. To be honest, Reese, talk about it because you know we got we got listeners in Canada as well as the US and the UK, and it's pretty obvious that they've either killed her off or she's just left the series. To go on some uh, sort of face. They, they killed her off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's pretty obvious. If she's not included in, in the cast list for the, for the next season, it's like it, it usually means she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. 
Let's remember in sci-fi, um, if it's really badly written sci-fi, you never really die, you just come back. Yeah, I don't I don't know if they're keeping her name out because they want to build suspense that isn't there or whether she's actually gone. My, my issue with it isn't her death so much as the storylines leading up to her death are not as well realized as they could have been. Um, a lot of the story, a lot of the story elements were um, rushed and a tad haphazard. And I realized that some of that is comes from the fact that they were trying to cover Anna Silk's pregnancy, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of and a lot of the storylines stemmed from them having to just cover her pregnancy and, and build some stuff in. But they they got they got bogged down in their mythology, and it yeah. got it got a little squirrely. It's it's also yeah. quite interesting. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure how long this season actually was. The fourth season. What did fourth season run? Thirteen thirteen episodes. So only yeah. ran thirteen episodes. Yeah. yeah. Well, the next season's running thirteen episodes. But the thing is, with season two, they ran twenty episodes, didn't they? So yeah, season yeah. Three. And I think that this storyline, if they were going to go ahead with it, they needed twenty episodes because they were they were things that needed to be fleshed out before they pulled the trigger on some of this stuff. Yeah, I've yeah, seen an interesting episode. This was the last one that aired here in the UK. was the one where uh, where, where Dyson is being tried for murder and um, and Bo has to um, has sort of like uh, re-give um, quite, quite a significant segment of Dyson's life. One of, the, one of the better episodes of the season, actually. I was quite fond of that one. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. You know, it's just yeah. um, you know, and and everywhere, every 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 actor in the cast, uh, you know, with the exception of uh, of the Morrigan, my favourite character, had, an, had had a bit to do. But we all know why the Morrigan's my favourite character. It's yes. because she's evil, and I just got I've just got a mad crush on Emmanuel Voyer. Yeah, and Voyer. she's and she's got some stuff later in the season. We learned some stuff about her. Um, yeah. Her story, like, yeah, her storyline was actually one of the bright spots. But there are some. It, it just got rushed. It just got rushed. It, very interesting ideas that were just not properly laid out. Mm-hmm. And as a result, uh, the death at the end didn't have the emotional impact that it should have had. Well, you know, it's funny because um, we've been waiting for a lot of the shows uh, here in the UK to come back. I mean, we've only just started getting grim. Um, mm-hmm. That started up about three weeks ago here, and it started in America, um, so like last autumn, sort of thing. And uh, they've only just started. They're only two weeks into showing the second half of Arrow. You know? mm. So we've had, you know, we, you know, we, we've, um, so we've had all this time here in the UK waiting for these shows to catch up. Whereas, you know, wait, you know, last year when they showed Arrow, they shown it in in conjunction with when the US was showing it. Yeah, and yeah. we're still waiting for Agents of Shield to come back. But then again, so are you guys? Yeah, we're going to get a new episode this coming Tuesday of Agents of Shield, and it's finally starting to pick up. Which so. means, which means it's going to come back probably for us next Friday. Yeah. So it's funny what I've been doing with this time. Um, you know, I've been watching. Um, I've been watching um, some like alternative shows um, on Netflix. And I've just mm. I've just watched all of Chuck all the way through on Netflix. Wow, and I, you know, I miss that show. <laughs> I I love that show. I just I just miss that show like crazy. They should bring it back. 
Hopefully they will. They might get a Kickstarter campaign for it. Yeah, because I, I just I just love the characters. Yeah, I love I love I love the geeky Morgan Grimes and you know you know Vix Vix Hay and the the other guy I can't remember the name but Jester you know you know Jeff and Nestor mm-hmm. from from the Bymore and uh, Big Mike. They're, they're just sort of like really really well rounded, very very well well thought out and well written characters. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and um, you know you you don't get that you don't get that often. So I've been watching that, and we're still also we're still waiting for the uh, for the uh, second half of season two of um, oh god, what's it what's it called now? Um, the, the modern version of of the Pretender is done by Christopher Nolan's brother. Oh, um, what what is it? I mean, modern version the modern version of Equalizer. Oh, um, Person of Interest. Yeah, Batman in the suit. <laughs> yes, I, I love that show. It's one of my favorites on right now. In fact, I, I judge a lot of other shows by person of interest. Yeah, well, I've got um, um, I've, I've got some bad news um, to, to UK fans of person of interest, um, and the fact is, person of interest in, in the UK shown on Channel Five. Oh God, I know where this is going. Channel Five's pretty much cancelled most of genre shows that it's got on the air. The only one it's not cancelled yet is person of in, person of interest. You know, so. is it? Are they about to? I don't know, but you know, it's just that there's just a recent trend of cancellations and the shows that they've cancelled. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Person of Interest is next, which is really sad. It's just it's just a gut feeling I've got because the um, you know the new the you know, basically Channel Five has sort of like said that they cancelled these shows, um, which is Walking Dead and Once Upon a Time thus far because mm-hmm. they weren't getting the ratings. Now with Once Upon a Time, they've shown it. They were showing it on a Sunday evening at around about, you know, 6 37 o'clock ish. Yeah. Um, and to be, to be honest, um, you know, I, I would have shown Once Upon a Time in a, in a midweek slot or, or in, in a prime time slot. Yeah, yeah. You know, if I, if I was a controlling Channel 5, some, you know, but then again, on Sunday, it should get pretty good ratings. Um, but with uh, Walking Dead, they, 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 they were showing it, it was all over the bloody schedules. Mm hmm. Um, so I'm not surprised that that wasn't getting very good ratings, and also I think most savvy fans have probably already seen it on on the um, on the FX channel here in the UK, or if they're not watching on the FX channel, they're 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 getting it by other means. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, it's just it's just crazy because you know from what from what I can see of Channel Five, they 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 they're edging more and more and more towards reality TV programs. That's happening a lot everywhere, though. Mm. Yeah, I'm just hoping reality TV as a genre just implodes on itself. Yeah. Um, yeah. From your mouth to the god's ears. <laughs> yep. But you know, it's I, I'm I'm you know we're still waiting for person of interest. So I'm, I'm yeah. A bit good. There's there's really good stuff this season. It's really really awesome stuff. So I'm hoping you guys can get through it. Well, you know, we're still on the second season. You're talking about the third season. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. Okay. Yeah. Um, Sorry. <laughs> really, really good stuff to look forward to. I will say that. Lots. I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's like, yeah. it's, it is a procedural in that there's a case of the weak element. But in and around that, the show has the most, some of the most brilliant world building I've ever seen for a procedural. Um, and, and, and for a comic book series. Like I said, even though they're not officially a comic book series, they might as well be. I mean, you can tell that the show is written by the people who brought us the latest incarnation of Batman. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's all there. Yeah. Well, I just watched uh, Jim, Jim Caffey. Well, I can't, can't say the actor. Caviezel. Caviezel. I just watched Jim Caviezel uh, play a rather sinister, nasty governor 
in 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 the movie Escape Plan, which was a, which is the um, first film to have um, have Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, Sylvester Stallone on screen together, both in significant roles. Oh, because you know basically Schwarzenegger's appeared in both the. Um, but both the Expendables movies, but it's only really being a walk-on. Mm. Whereas in, in 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 this, you know, they they they're both playing very very significant roles. They're the stars actually. Cool. It. And uh, Jim Caffiezel plays the uh, governor of this new high tech prison, and you know, it's quite a nasty piece of work in that. Um, I'm after read that one. Yeah. Um, it just came out today. Um, via via Sony via, via the Sony Entertainment thing. I'm pretty sure it's probably on DVD. Yeah. But it's an in- it was an interesting little movie. You know, it was, it was pretty pretty interesting seeing seeing Stallone and Schwarzenegger. You know, mm. play off against each other a bit more. And Farron Tahar also had a had a small role in it as well. Oh, he's always fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, I actually interviewed him about the film last year. You know, and another film which is what you know which is what what caught my eye about, and I thought, well, I must see that. So it was a pretty good movie. Um, but yeah, um, I think I think the big news story you all want to talk about really is Peter Dinklage and this new show. Yeah, Peter Dinklage is apparently uh, being eyed for a lead in a uh, new HBO series, which is based on a series of, of novels. It's another uh, fantasy thing, uh-huh. more more urban fantasy. But the important thing to note about this is that the Beasts of Valhalla will shoot in 2016 once Dinklage's commitments to Game of Thrones are complete. Mm-hmm. Now, what's important about that, apart from the obvious, is that only five books of the Song of Ice and Fire series exist. So, and Martin writes at the speed of a glacier covered with turtles running through molasses. Uh, so he'll probably be dead by the time he gets to the fourth book, fifth book. No, he's he's still alive. His character is still alive and kicking in the in the by the end of the fifth book I've read yeah, them. I'm talking about I'm talking about the oh, writer. Martin, yeah. Yeah, I'm not talking yeah. about the I'm talking about the yeah, writer. Yeah. The, the, the interesting thing about that though, and, and the reason I wanted to bring that up, is the fact that HBO knows that Dinklage's commitments and even though Martin hasn't actually written the books yet, basically confirms that Martin isn't is working ahead at least far enough to let HBO know what the hell is going on. Nice. So it tells us that his character is going to be killed off. Uh, most more than likely, which is which really sucks. I mean, this is effectively Blake Seven with dragons. I basically I'm not emotionally attached to any of these characters anymore. Um, because I figured they're all probably going to die horrible deaths, but it doesn't mean I want to actually see that, especially not with Tyrion, who's one, who's one of my favorites. But um, it, it it does sort of confirm in a roundabout way that we're losing him, which sucks. Um, but at least at least we have time to sort of get used to the idea. Yeah, I think I think he's going to be around for you know. I mean, we're we're, we're up to what um, is is it season is season four that's coming out now? Uh, yes, season four is coming out, and by the end of season four, we'll be moving into book five. Assuming yeah. he doesn't, they don't touch on elements of book five in season four because they're rearranging things, which they, which they've done chronologically and structurally the series is not the same as the books which is actually a good thing i prefer the series to the books on an assortment of levels mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and this um, it's gonna be gonna be interesting, you know, to see, and I'm I'm curious to know what this new new series will be like as well, because it's so like it's gonna be um, because because there's gonna be a huge hole once Game of Thrones ends, you know, it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna, it's yeah. gonna be so like it's gonna be a scheduling hole around about the same size as True Blood. Although to be honest, I think True Blood really should have been cancelled uh, maybe two seasons ago. Yeah, and the thing is. Even even if Martin has more narrative after after Tyrion is killed in the books, at the point they remove Dinklage from the TV series, they're going to have to seriously rethink some things. Mm-hmm. Because even with the cast of thousands, his is a character that I don't think they can just remove and have the same show that they thought they had. Yeah, I mean, so. you know, they killed off quite a lot of people in the, in the tail end of last season. Yes. Yeah. That said, I wasn't really married to any of those characters. No, no. You know, um, because for me, the most interesting characters are Peter Dinklage's character, Tyrion Lannister, and uh, the Lady with the Dragons. Yes, Daenerys Targaryen. Yeah. Yeah. Daenerys Daenerys Targaryen, she's kind of had the most, you know, the most uh, character evolution over the series, because she starts off as very much a victim. Yes, and you know, and that now she's sort of like this great, you know, sort of like a uh, warrior of sorts. Yes, yes, you yes. Know, huge respect. Yeah, I, I, I can cope with any of the deaths unless we lose one or both of them, mm-hmm. and then after after that, you know, my my interest is going to get significantly less. So this is going to be this is going to be very interesting. Okay, well, I've got a bit of a, you know, I've got a bit of an interesting mm-hmm. news story here. Apparently, there. Um, this is actually rumour, mm-hmm. um, so let's not read too much into it. It's, it's rumour, but, you know, it's coming from several sources that, um, you know, basically have a reputation for for nine times out of ten, um, at, you know, getting it right. Um, and basically, uh, there's talk of a new Matrix movie, and it's, you know, basically the Wachowskis have, have um, supposedly already submitted a story treatment to uh, to Warner Brothers. Mm. Um, don't know yet whether it's going to be a sequel or a prequel, but it's more likely going to be a prequel. Um, yeah, con- considering that I hated the second film, didn't even bother with the third film, and only really thought the animated film was the only one worth anything after the first film, I probably will skip this altogether. Mm. Yeah, I just thought I'd throw it out there anyway because it's so like yeah. uh, the Matrix was a big deal when it was around, and it's so like it kind of fizzled out very, very quickly after the third film. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, here's 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 what their their theory is. They're basically saying that Warner is desperate for for, for a surefire franchise and be making a push to have the new Matrix films ready to whoop against any new Star Wars and Avatar films by twenty seventeen. Now, here's my theory. I think the next two Avatar films are just going to fall flat on their ass because it's been too much of a wait between the, um, you know, between the first one and, and, the, and the new ones. And also the first one, when you, when you re-examine it and get over the special effects and everything, wasn't really that special. No, in fact, I don't even plan to watch the sequels. I don't care. Um, I think the Star Wars sequels um, could potentially be great. Yeah, those I'm looking forward to. You know. Um, and you know, since Disney took took over the reins and stuff like that, and you know, since since we've got uh, Harrison Ford and uh, and the rest of those guys coming back for one last bow, I'm quite excited to see it. 
and I'm just hoping it, you know, it turns out much better than the uh, than, than than the prequel trilogy. Mm, yes, I I hope so too. But to be honest, I think uh, I think a Matrix prequel series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think now you say too many people were jaded by the. Um, by, by by the by the second and third movie. Yeah. I mean I seen I've seen all three movies and the second and the second, you know, beauty of fun effects, great fight sequences, but the story's sort of like um, it's almost like they they've sort of like thrown several sort of like word processes and various scripts for various different, you know, sort of like Japanese anime and manga things up against the wall and mishmashed everything. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I didn't even bother with the third one, so I don't even know what that was about. Well, you know, the th- third one, he's sort of like, um, he dies. Oh, great. You know, which which we knew was going to happen anyway, but, you know, somehow he comes back at the end, so it's almost like the Matrix reboots itself. Um, and, um, it's, a while, it's a while since I've watched it, and so I've probably, mis- probably misreported that point entirely, but I don't really want to go back and watch it again. <laughs> So that that's that's how that's how good those movies are. The only one I can watch again that that actually bears scrutiny on repeat viewings is the first one. Yeah, yeah. The first the first Matrix film was awesome, and the, if they had just left that as a standalone, they would have been great. Well, exactly. You know, that's what I say all the time. You know, so like um, at the end, you, you know, you get the impression that. He's become this sort of like um, futuristic superhero because he's in a car box and everything, and he's doing his thing. And I thought, you know, that that just that for me was a great place to leave it, you know, yeah. especially given what came afterwards. And and the yeah. animated films were okay. Yeah. Um. But you know, it was just the um. It was, it, was, it just seemed pointless making those sequels and. I feel kind of the same about Avatar, really, because yeah. it's basically just going to be more dances with wolves with giant blue Smurfs. Yeah, no, it was awful. Yeah, you know, so I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, not keen on, 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 on a new Matrix movie, but you know that that they're, they're probably going to go and make it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And um, well, I think last week the big stories were, and you know, I thought it's it's. Um, I did report on these briefing last week, but it's you know on the podcast, but be interesting to actually uh, speak to someone about them. Um, we we actually had news last week that there's going to be a new hero series. Yeah, I have very mixed feelings about that. Um, I loved the cast of heroes, and I sat through all four seasons because of the cast of heroes, but the writing deteriorated. Very, 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 very badly as the series progressed. Um, and as with the Matrix situation, they would have been better off just probably just having it be a, a mini series that ended at the end of season one mm-hmm. without anything else. Yeah, uh, I'm inclined to agree because basically season two and, and season three they started using sort of like uh, a lot of you know cliches from other series. And you know it's really it's really odd because like um, if you look at it during the late nineties and early two thousands we had a lot of um, not series that were kind of taking their inspirations from comic books we had the awful Generation X oh god yeah that was bad which was you know basically you'd have a you'd have musical montages with a um, with Victoria Pratt who is one of them. And and she was strutting her stuff like like some sort of model on a catwalk in the middle of an industrial car park or something, and yeah. you know I, I I I just sit there and and watch and you know and think what's the point of this and do the same with the uh, with the guys as well. So you know at least they at least they were sort of like at least they sort of like uh, you know spread the uh, poncy prancing about um, looking pretty um, equally. 
yeah. It was just um, it was just a horrible series. I I didn't I didn't get past the first five episodes of the first season. Mm. And and then we had the forty four hundred, which was a pretty good show. That one I skipped. Um, I just I just wasn't in the mood. And and then we had heroes, but you know, it, it was, it's just odd because you had all these. Um, you know shows that 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 were um, sort of inspired by 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 comic books and and now yeah it's, it's it, it, it is very odd because it it it, it, it basically it's sad and it says that the only decent comic book shows out there have to be based on established ones except for person of interest kind of throws a wrench in that theory by being its brilliant self and doing what it's doing but um, they're basically doing it by not even not even officially trying which I think is the key. Well, I'll tell you what person of interest kind of reminds me of a little bit. Um, you know, if you used to take the technology away from person of interest and um, have it just as the um, as a main guy, yeah, um, you could actually make a pretty good case for it being being sort of like a sim- very similar to the Equalizer. Yes. Yes, I I get an equalizer vibe from it. Yeah, so and you know I that that's what that's why I like person of interest because I used to, I used to be a big fan of the equalizer. That was a great show. You know, that was a great show. It, it was, and it and it ran for quite a while as well. The equalizer. Yes, it did. You know, so um and um it, and it tackled some of the tougher issues back in the eighties as well. You know, I think I remember one where he where he had to uh, where where he had to protect a, a mother who 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 had AIDS. From from some drug dealers or something. Mm, yeah. Um, but it's all like um, that was a great show. But yeah, so like it seems to me. But then again, if you if you're saying that the only good superhero series are the ones that are actually uh, legitimate. Well, um, I'd actually throw Spanner in the works of that theory and um, and just say that the first half of Agents of Shields has been sort of like very very mediocre, to be honest. Yes, and I'm I'm hoping that the storylines that they were trying desperately to set up for the second half justify it because the because only, it it's been awful because yeah. the only you know because Arrow's been going from strength to strength and to be honest, um, you know I think Arrow's a benchmark that they should be looking to top. Yes, at the moment. Which is kind of funny because uh, Arrow is a DC character, and um, and in 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 the realm of comic books, the one thing you get in DC is so like uh, very simple black and white characters, and it's uh, based in good versus evil with a um, with a few subplots thrown in sort of thing. The, the characters are very very defined. Yeah. In, 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 yeah. You know, in DC, as in the, you know, they're, they're just very, very, very easy. Whereas yeah. Marvel characters are a little bit more layered and a little bit more complex. Yeah. So basically, DC is beating Marvel at its own game, at least in terms of the television productions. Exactly, because basically they're given, they're given, they're probably given Green Arrow or Arrow more layers than he's got in the actual comic books. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which is which is kind 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 of interesting sort of thing. So. Yeah, it's gonna be um, it's it's just gonna be a weird, you know, a weird one to uh, to see. I'm hoping the second half of the season's better. Yeah, than yeah. The first, mm-hmm. um, because it's um, it's it's definitely um, it's definitely a series that I'd like to see 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 uh, see see be around for a little while. But then again, I'm more interested interested in Agent Carter. Yeah, yeah, that I want to see. You know, because you've got you've got so much potential there with with the uh, basically you you have the the early days of Shield mm-hmm. with Agent yeah. Carter and uh, a lot of uh, a lot of the old, older Shield characters. Plus, you get to see the uh, you know the very pulpy characters that Captain America was uh, strutting around with in the, in the movie in the first movie. Yes, and those those characters I want to see again because they'll be yes. too. <laughs> yes, those were fun. Mm-hmm. 
Um, okay, well, so like um, another another news story, very very quickly. We, we we touched on this before we started recording. Is a uh, Thomas Kreshman um, has actually signed a multi picture deal with Marvel Studios. So his character Baron von Strucker um, is going is likely to be striking out in in a few other movie Marvel movies beyond uh, Avengers Agents of uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. Um, and he's basically in, in a recent magazine magazine interview for a magazine um, called DZ Berlin. Um, he's revealed that the that, that Marvel Studios already have plans for his character beyond uh, the the uh, next Avengers film. He basically says, "I have a multi picture deal, which means I will not only appear in the second part, but they're planning with me for a longer period of time." Um, he told the website. Uh, but I don't know details yet. They're keeping their cards close to their chests. It's top secret. So that's going to be sort of like uh, interesting to see. That's that makes sense though, because if they're if they're keeping if they're keeping uh, Cap around, that they're going to have to keep 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 his enemies around too. They, so they are. I mean, so like, I can see I can see Chris Evans playing Captain America in about another twenty years' time when he's walking around the cane. <laughs> you know? I'll get you! I'll get you! Oh, hang on, just let me, you know, oh, oh, there's my pension check. <laughs> yeah. You know, so like, uh, it won't, won't, be quite be, won't, won't quite be as bad as uh, as William Shatner walking onto the set of Star Trek on a Zimmer frame. No, no. Which was often the joke in the 80s. <laughs> um, okay, well, so like, um, do, do you have anything else? Yes, I had one more. Uh, did you have time to cover uh, the fact that we got a look at Grant Gustin's Flash costume? Um, I do, and I've got time for one more story after that, which I've got as well. So. Yes, uh, we've gotten uh, the look at the Flash costume. It's designed by the same woman who did, uh, who's put together uh, Arrow's titular costume. She's uh, Colleen Atwood. She's an Academy Award winner. She's done costumes for Alice in Wonderland, uh, Memoirs of Geisha in Chicago, and also uh, the Sweeney Todd musical with Johnny Depp and Snow White and the Huntsman and Sleepy Hollow. Cool. I got so a question. Is, yeah. Has she given the Flash costume uh, nipples? We can't see past his neck, but from what we can see, it's it's good. It's good. The uh, the uh, lightning the lightning bolts are there, but they're understated, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's and the and the red is not tomato or fire fire engine red. It's it's more like it's more like brick red. Mm-hmm. How does it stand up with the uh, with the nineties flash costume? Oh, we, yeah, so much better. I can't even. Um, the nineties flash costume because I, I I recently subjected myself to one of those episodes on YouTube and it was painful. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> this is so much better. Yeah, I watched. Um, I gotta admit, a couple of years ago, I I I, I, I um. I watched um, a couple on uh, on YouTube myself. I watched the uh, one with Mark Hamill in, which was mm. actually a pretty good one. And as far as the suit goes, it's very very apparent that the uh, that designer of that suit was copying what was happening in the Batman movies that were that that were just coming out back in the early nineties, late eighties sort of thing. So it was basically it looked like a, more or less a direct lift from the uh, from 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 the first Batman uh, mm. movie, the first uh, Batman movie from nineteen eighty nine. Uh, you know, because it, it, it was the same sort of like uh, molded sort of like muscular sort of suit. Mm, yeah, this is uh, the the cut of this of his headpiece, which is the what we see in the picture. 
Uh, it looks molded, but it looks it's not uh, camp molded. It's more it's more more understated. Like I said, like Arrow's costume, it's sort of there but not in your face. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I think it's pretty cool now that Arrow's got a mask and he's not using green green paint to black out his eyes. Yes, and the, and the fact that they actually tied tied that in with Flash. And with the and with the character growth of both characters simultaneously, it's rather wonderful. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I've got another little bit of news that might be worthy of discussion here. Uh, Schwarzenegger, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, has come out and said that he's really impressed with the uh, Terminator Genesis script, mm. which is basing it the basically rebooting the Terminator franchise from what I've been able to gather. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's basically said, we start filming in the middle or in the end of April and it will be a four, it will be a four or four and a half month long shoot. Uh, we will be filming it in New Orleans with some, some of it in San Francisco and maybe a little of it in LA. But most of it will be done in New Orleans, he said, um, at, the Arnold Sports, at the Arnold Sports Festival in Columbus, which is via the Arnold fans. Um, I'm really looking forward to that because, as you know, the last time when, when, when they did The Terminator, I, it was when I was governor, and so I couldn't be in that movie. Uh, but now I'm back again, and they are, they are very excited about having, having me in the film. The script is fantastic, so I'm really looking forward to this film. And um, basically, we've got Emil Clark, Jay Courtney, Jason Clark, and Boyd Holbrook um, all set to feature in the Alan Taylor directed film. So. Yeah, what's interesting is that Noah Clark is best known from, from Doctor Who, and Jay Courtney uh, is best known for his role in the first season, um, Spartacus Blood and Sand. Yeah, and you know, it's funny actually because I, um, I didn't recognize him. No, unless you see, you don't with because he has darker hair naturally, and when he played when he played Varro, they they gave him platinum, but he's got darker hair naturally. Yeah, well, um, it's not Noel Clark, it's Jason Clark that's in the film. Oh, why did I see? Oh, that's right, because Noel Clark was in. Okay, I'm yeah. good. I'm I was confused. Yeah, so I, yeah. I just saw I just saw like um, I thought where where do we get Noel Clark from, and then I seen it Jason Clark, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, must be my mouth also playing, playing havoc with me. Okay, um, yeah, because no, 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 Clark had that small role in Star Trek Into Darkness. That's what I got confused about. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, which basically uh, pitched... It's a very appropriate title, really, Star Trek Into Darkness, because it basically pitched Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's basically put Star Trek into a void. Yeah. Basically, all I want from that franchise now is for um, Patrick Stewart to play Kodos the Executioner, Anton Caridian, and call it a day. Yeah. But basically, all I want from that franchise now is for them to quit dicking around with movies and make a TV series and, frankly, um, you know, don't give it J.J. Abrams. No, no. Yeah. I mean, when the first movie came out, I thought, this is interesting, but, you know, by the, by the second time, it's like, it's, they're just doing a rehash, and it's, it's, it's a good rehash in that it's well, it's well thought out, and, it's, and there's something to be said for good fanfic, but to have, but have the whole franchise based around that premise is just, it, it gets old fast. Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I was really disappointed in the second film for, you know, two reasons. One was basically them including Khan. It was almost they like they shouldn't have done it. It was almost like they just caved into the fan pressure because there was a lot of fan pressure after the first movie saying, "Oh, we're gonna have, we're gonna see Khan, we're gonna see Khan," 
and they were denying it and they were denying it and denying it and then all of a sudden we see Cam. Yeah. And yeah. you know, it's almost as if they as if the fans, you know, pretty much you know, pressured them into you know, dared them almost into doing a film with Cam. Yeah. And yeah. You know, it just goes show that listening to the fans isn't always a good thing. No, that said, um, Benedict Cumberbatch did a really good job with what he was given. Mm, which wasn't and, very much. Which wasn't very much, but Benedict being Benedict, he, he stepped up. And I will give him that. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, the other thing I hated was Mr. Spock screaming can and, you know, be, being so emotive. Yeah. To, to, to the point, we you know if, if that was Mr. Spock from the classic series, he'd rather die than be that emotive. Yeah. And and the whole him and Aurora airing their public laundry and stuff like that. In fact, I, there was a funny YouTube video I seen the other the, the other day, um, and um, it basically it was basically uh, headed something like uh, twenty reasons why Star Trek Into Darkness just isn't Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I hate to say it, but almost every point um, I actually agreed with. And it's actually interesting we're talking about this because uh, I'm actually going to be speaking to uh, the lead actor tomorrow. Of, uh, of have, you seen the, have you seen the web series Star Trek Continues? No, I haven't. I haven't. Check it out. Um, they, they've got a website, just type in Star Trek Continues, and it's... Uh, it's 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 another it's another offshoot of of Star Trek the original series. It's set after the initial five year mission, similar to Phase Two. Um, different cast and different production team, but they're all professional actors, and it's actually pretty good. Mm. And um, the 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 lead in that um, I think he's called I can't I'm not sure how to pronounce his surname, but it's Vic I think it's Vic Minyana or or something. I'll ask him tomorrow when I speak to him. <laughs> but um, he, he's um, he's he's been in quite quite a few things. He's been in you know he's he's, he's provided the voice his voice to things like Pokemon and and a lot of animation mm. sort of thing. So he, he's quite an experienced actor by all counts. And um, speaking to him tomorrow um, about you know Star Trek continues. I've done two episodes so far. So. And and one the first episode they did was kind of like a sequel to one to the classic episode that had Apollo in it. Oh, that should be interesting. Yeah. And they they actually got the same actor to come in and play Apollo. Oh my god! Yeah. Okay, and, well, and I'll that check was, that out. I'll definitely have to check that out. And uh, the the second episode they they had guest appearances by uh, by by Lou Ferrigno. Oh, that's right. That that was the one where he's he's the okay. Yeah, I saw that article where he's where yeah. Lou Ferrigno's the, the Orion slave trader guy. Um, okay, you have to have to check that out. And and Erin Gray from Book Rogers. Oh, awesome. Yeah, okay, so. yeah, I have to check that out. So it's um and it's a really good episode. It's actually uh, you know structurally, I think it's actually um it it felt like a real. Star Trek episode more so than anything that Star Trek Phase 2 have done for me really cool you know not that far Star Trek Phase 2 is rubbish I'm not dismissing Star Trek Phase 2 out of hand I just I just think that the the uh, two Star Trek continues episodes uh, uh, you know for me they've been they've been written to a point where they actually genuinely felt like Star Trek episodes awesome you know so um, so I'm looking forward to speaking to uh, Vic about that and I, cool. I interview him tomorrow, and that's going to be coming out on the podcast in a couple of weeks' time. Cool. Okay, so uh, that's about it for this week. I'm um, going to um, go right on to our interview with uh, Anne too now. So here we go. Life is hard when you don't know who you are. It's harder when you don't know what you are. My love carries a death sentence. 
I was lost for years, searching while hiding, only to find that I belong to a world hidden from humans. I won't hide anymore. I will live the life I choose. Well, hello. I'd like to uh, welcome Anne Tool to the show. Um, she's um, a writer. She's done quite a lot of stuff, um, including the uh, Lost Girl video game for the uh, for the cell phone. And um, she's she's also um, involved with an, a web series um, titled the uh, Lizzie Bennett Diaries, which has just won an Emmy. So yes, welcome to the show. Okay, well, I guess the uh, first question I have for you is, um, how did you get into writing? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, second of all, I got into writing because I really enjoy uh, TV, games, all that fun stuff. And I came out to Los Angeles and I looked around to see what kind of opportunities there were in writing. And it seemed like the best way to learn about writing was to work on a TV show because it's a writer's medium, notoriously considered a writer's medium. So I worked for several years on television series working in the writer's office and from there I was able to get scripts and produced episodes and from there I branched out into games and most recently web series. Cool. Well, the uh, TV work you've done, um, you know, you've, you've got credits for uh, Days of Our Lives, which I, I guess she was a staff writer on that. Yeah, I wrote several episodes of that, though it's not always considered the most prestigious credit. I do appreciate the hard work everybody puts into it, and they, they actually won an Emmy this year, too, but I was not involved with that. Mm-hmm. Well, I should imagine it's quite difficult writing for a soul, keeping up with all the different plot threads that are going on year in, year out. You know? Yeah, I, I really like that there's a new story every day, and it's, it's there's so much content. There really do, there's really no analog, uh, no other medium that that turns out that much content that I can think of on a daily basis, and is able to do it in in a you know professional quality. And you've also got a you've also got a credit on House MD, a pot's on our house. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was filling in for a friend of mine who was on paternity leave, so I so I came in and helped uh, script coordinate. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, um, obviously, you got quite a few video game credits, uh, including the uh, Witcher and uh, the Lost Girl one, which we just mentioned. But and first off, uh, you know, could you tell us a little bit about the uh, Lizzie Bennett Diaries for for those that maybe don't know what it is? And yeah, the Lizzie Bennett Diaries was a web series that started in what what year is it now? Two thousand. It started in two thousand twelve. And it continued to April of this year. So there were a hundred episodes. They were about five minutes apiece. And it's a modern day adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. Uh-huh. And it was intended to be a transmedia extravaganza. So there are supporting web series as well as Twitter feeds. And after we completed the hundred episodes, we did a Kickstarter for people who might want a DVD version. And we raised almost half a million through Kickstarter. Cool. So it, it really struck a chord and we went to VidCon in Anaheim for two years and the fans are so engaged and they're so enthusiastic about the the show and everyone involved in it and it's really amazing to be part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm actually a producer on a web series myself. I um, I, I was a producer on a web series called uh, Reality on Demand, um, which uh, picked up a few awards at NA Webfest last year. So, 
Well, you know, it's it's basically a team thing, and uh, mo- most of the credit really goes to Marks and Jimmy, who wrote the thing and directed it and did all the uh, work out in um, in the Midwest where it was all filmed. But you know, it's um, I, I I kind of inv- I got involved in in that on the periphery sort of thing. Um, but you know, m- moving on, you've done quite a few uh, few few video games as well, such as Witcher, which, which you did the uh, screenplay for. I've, I've got I've got a weird ignorance here, but I've never heard of the Witcher, so that's a, that's pretty surprising because it's very it's, it tends to be very well known, especially in Europe, because it is based on a series of best-selling novels uh-huh. that were written by uh, a Polish person, so you should definitely know about it since you've got a little bit of Polish blood in you. <laughs> no, o- owning um, it all on my grandfather's side, but you know, I don't know my grandfather's side. So <laughs> um, yeah. I, think, I think what it probably is, is um, although I play video games, I probably don't play that particular genre of video game. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a, is... it's a dark fantasy RPG. It was originally for PC, though the subsequent uh, sequels have been on console as well, I believe. So. Cool. Yeah, so, um, well, how, how did that lead into uh, you doing the uh, Lost Girl video game? How, how did that come about? Well, the Lost Girl game, I actually had met the producers of uh, the producers of the game, and I had met them many times over the course of several years. They're very nice. They're Canadian, as is the show. And so when they had the opportunity to work on the mobile game, they contacted me because they knew my background in TV and also sci-fi. So it seemed like a natural fit. And it's interesting because I was once the head writer for a game based on the Stargate television series, which is in the U.S. It's basically uh, the same channel where Lost Girl airs. So I was like, it's all it's all coming full of a circle and back to working on Canadian television shows. <laughs> it, it, it's kind of funny because um, a little, little Lost Girl story for you here. Um, about two, three, I think it was about 2009, maybe, I interviewed Jay Firestone when he was promoting uh, a miniseries that he'd done called 13, which was showing on NBC. And amongst some of the other projects I asked him about was Lost Girl. And he, he basically described the pitch to me. He didn't, he didn't have a name for the show but at that point, but he described what the pitch was and said it was about a succubus. And about, two, about 2010 or 2011, Lost Girl comes on the air and I see his name on there and I think, wow. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's, it's a really fun show. It's got a lot of energy and really endearing characters. So I think that helps a lot. And then it's sort of a new take on the contemporary fantasy or genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I like the show a lot. Um, I'm so like, um, looking forward to the fourth series starting over here when sci-fi show it. Um, but you know, I, I kind of like the characters. I like the, I like the fact that the uh, women in it are, are sexy but strong, but their own sort of like uh, person. And uh, right. you know, and, you know, I ca- kind of appreciate that. But I, I, I kind of prefer Kenzie over Bo. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I believe you're not alone in that. A lot of people really like Kenzie because her dialogue pops so much, and she has such a, a distinct voice. And you find that in a lot of shows that the person who is the show is about, because they have to really, it's a sort of a workman's role. Like you have to, you have to carry the plot, you have to carry the heart, you have to carry everything. So sometimes the the main character 
has has too much work to do in a sense and so the side characters can be more fun and light although Kenzie of course has her own drama going on as well if you know sometimes she's she's very rarely in episodes so that you know they have that opportunity to to have a little fun with her while Bo has to be the heart and soul of every single episode mm-hmm. yeah I mean you know I believe the uh, opening episode of the four seasons a lot of fun from what, what I've been reading on Twitter <laughs> um how, how how does game actually tie in with the uh, series? Is it kind of like does it continue on from where series three left off, or is it kind of like its own thing? Well, what was interesting the the initial section there's I should say how how it's set up. There's a bunch of mysteries and cases that you as the player are trying to solve. So one of the major mysteries is actually created by the one of the show's writers. So it's very much in canon with what's going on in the show. So it's exploring exploring a little bit more of the world and what could potentially happen. Um, you know, because we're on TV, but if, I, I doubt anything that happens in the game is going to end up on TV. But it does explore the, the world a little bit more. And it was originally set in season three. And now they're going to be adding some more missions and uh, I should say missions. I should say more mysteries and cases. And that will coincide with season four. Ah, so that's more work for you then. Yes. <laughs> um, do, you, uh, do you have anything else um, in, in the works that, that you can talk about? at the moment do i have anything else in the works that i can talk about ah there's some stuff i'm working on that i wish i could talk about but i can't yet because it's still too early mm-hmm. um yeah aside from lost girl which as i said just came out and i did um i did another sort of casual social game called uh jane austen unbound which is a facebook game that is based on jane austen's books so i have sort of overdosed on Jane Austen in the past year doing the web series and then also the game uh-huh. and currently I am working on some console games but I'm under NDA so I can't talk about it unfortunately um, okay well you know you've you've, um, you've done quite you've done quite a bit of science fiction but you know a lot of it seems to be um, in, in 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 terms of video games from what I can see on on, on here in IMDB I'm not sure if that's actually an up-to-date listing on IMDb because it doesn't have the doesn't have a credit on here for, for Lost Girl as far as can see. Right. Well, the IMDb tends to be a little bit more uh, film TV focused, so sometimes they will put video games in there and sometimes they won't. And arguably, everyone says, "Oh, you should have update your IMDb," but. You know, I think it's more fun. Oh, I, I can tell you an IMDb story. So I worked on this game a couple of years ago called Rock of the Dead, mm-hmm. and it's where you kill zombies with your guitar controller. Oh, so right. It's a, yeah, it's a horror comedy, and we had Neil Patrick Harris and Felicia Day do some of the voiceover. But actually, I did I did a couple lines from one of the victims. And so I went to my IMDb page, and I saw, I was like, oh, look, I have an actress credit now. How funny is that? Yeah. And so I, I clicked on I clicked on the game and I was like oh look someone went in and put in all the credits and then I went back to my page and I was and I noticed wait a minute I don't have the written by credit I actually wrote the game (laughs) that's not listed (laughs) on IMDb but the fact that I said like two lines um that that's what ended up on IMDb so everyone says oh well you should you should update it and I said yes but then I wouldn't have a story so I I'm happy with with how it is if people want to know what I worked on I'm I'm happy to tell them Mm. Yeah, but you know, to update it, you have to 
pay for an IMDB Pro account, and um, you know, I'm too too much of a cheapskate to do anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I do have one producer credit on there. <laughs> but hey, the first one, the first one's always the best. So update some more afterwards. Yeah. Um, I, I I still can't get over that. I've got a producer credit on IMDb. I mean, what did I do? I didn't do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would like a, a producer credit. That would be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, Nizzy Bennett Diaries just won an Emmy. Um, yeah. How how does it feel to be 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 on a project that's actually won an Emmy? That's got got to be some some thrill. Yeah, it it was definitely not something I thought would ever happen. Considering I tend to like sci-fi and, and genre shows, and those are usually not Emmy bait, as they say. <laughs> so it was pretty surprising that that was even an option because it is a web series, and it was pretty exciting that the uh, TV Academy is expanding its view of what television is and what what television can do because it it won as an interactive Emmy, basically for an interactive storytelling. And it's it was pretty amazing, especially all the other projects that I hadn't heard about that that were also nominated, and what's all the new stuff that's coming out of out of web series. Again, with Lizzie Bennett, we had Twitter feeds, we had um, secret web pages, so it had a sort of ARG element a little bit minus minus the game, and it was a lot of fun and create very creative. And of course, the the producers have come out with a new show called Emma Approved, which is based on Jane Austen's Emma, of course. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be interesting to watch how they take that differently in, in a different direction than Lizzie Bennet. Just what what new and crazy ideas they will come up with next. Cool. I also worked on a game called ESPN Sports Bar, which sounds very exciting. But actually, I really enjoyed working on that because it was a, a it was like writing an episode of Cheers. All right. Uh, it was just really fun, and it was a social game. I also worked a little bit on Castleville for Zynga. So I have done some social games, but I'm, I'm I try to have a sort of broad uh, body of work, so I don't just work on one platform or one medium. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's that's the thing. You know, you kind of want to put it about that you can write lots of different things, so you can stay employed, basically. Um, well, I think just... it's important to know to keep to keep yourself sharp because you can get stuck in ruts. You can just say, well, this is the way to write a game, or this is the way to write a TV show, and mm-hmm. things are constantly changing, and they're borrowing from each other. So it's important to know what new innovations are going on in different media, so you can bring it back to to the medium you're working on. Um, okay, you're a big fan of sci-fi. Uh, what what would you say is your favorite? You know, your favorite three television sci-fi shows that are on at the moment. My favorite three sci-fi television shows that are on at the moment. Yeah, I'd say sci-fi and fantasy. Broaden out a little bit. Okay, well, I I do watch The Walking Dead. I I I don't know if that counts, but I anything with zombies in it, I'm <laughs> gonna be. <laughs> Pretty satisfied watching. Yeah, you'd love me in this country. We've actually we're actually ruled by zombies in this country. They're called the government. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I really like I really like it. I haven't had a chance to see the the recent series because I've been out of town. So I'm interested to see how the new creative team is taking it. I've, I understand there's a fewer arguments and fewer dialogue, uh, less dialogue in general, so I'm very curious to, to get home and, and start watching. So I'm, yeah, but I'm, I'm happy as long as occasionally a zombie shows up and, you know, 
decapitated. I'm, I'm pretty happy. <laughs> I'm easy to please. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. So that that's your that's your first choice. Uh, you got number two. <laughs> okay, so number two. Well, I'm gonna cheat a little bit. I it, it's not a show that's currently on the air, but it was repeating a lot a couple months ago. So I ended up watching a lot of the show Heroes from whenever it was a billion years ago, mm. and it's so interesting to watch because I really enjoyed the first season, and then it, it it started sort of tripping over itself a little bit, trying to to do too much, but it was still engaging. Like I still was like, oh, what we'll find out what happened so very interesting that some of the characters that i just love to death like i still love hero from heroes ironically and i think it's interesting because it's a sci-fi show but the it's the character that actually made me want to continue to watch so your third choice after heroes all right so this one is going to be an even bigger cheat but i'm i'm going to go with it uh, I'm going to say How I Met Your Mother, which is a half-hour comedy. And the reason I'm putting it under sci-fi is because there are so many sci-fi shout-outs and sci-fi elements in it. They actually had an episode where Marshall writes a letter that says, oh, could you please come, you know, dear future self, if time travel exists, please leave me a message. And he suddenly gets these wings. And he's like, oh, wow, that's amazing, these wings. And then you see in the back of the bar... It's Marshall from like 50 years in the future saying, you're welcome, buddy. So they have a, a lot of sci-fi elements. For example, they have Ted and Marshall really are into Star Wars, for example. And they have a lot of sort of sci-fi moments in it, which are really fun to watch because it's like a little wink to the audience. <laughs> so, and I'm, I'm pretty obsessed with that show because it's on all the time. Obviously, it's like in communication, it's on four times a day. So I, I do catch it a fair fair amount. So um, th- th- those are your three top favorite shows. Uh, are you a Doctor Who fan? Do you like Doctor Who? Have you gotten on 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 board with Doctor Who yet? I have watched some Doctor Who. The last episode of Doctor Who I saw was actually a couple years ago, and it was the one where um, the former the, the woman from the shows in the sixties came back. Uh-huh. And I forget, Jane? Was her name Jane or something? Uh, Sarah Jane Smith, yeah. Sarah Jane, yes. So I watched an episode where she came back, and it was actually really sad because she said, I, you know, my life has been sort of empty ever since you've been gone because how can anyone follow that? And I was like, wow, that's a really, that's a really sad message. I think she would have left and been like, I feel empowered to go live my life. But instead, they had this sort of like sad message. And I was like, wow, that's... That doesn't make me feel good, having seen that episode. <laughs> ah, so that, that episode put you off watching Doctor Who permanently. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far. But I, I have I did watch an entire arc of, I guess, the 60s version, which was The Trial of the Time Lords. Uh, that's so, actually the uh, 1980s. Was it from the 80s? Yep. I, don't, I, don't, I couldn't tell. It just looked really old to me. <laughs> but I did... I did watch that, which involved, you know, yeah. Doctor Who potentially killing a race of ve- uh, of uh, basically vegetable life forms that that could move around. So yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's high quality production right there. So that's probably why I thought it was. <laughs> You know, the production values on it during the uh, 60s and 70s and 80s. Well, in the 60s, production values were okay. It's just that yeah. they seemed to stay pretty much the same once once it hit the 70s and into the 80s. Not 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 very much changed because they didn't have the budget that the show has now. Right. Um, it, yeah, know, it definitely looks a lot better. <laughs> I will say that. It looks a lot better. And, and in the 80s, the, you know, the budget was being squeezed because we had a, a director at the BBC called Michael Grade who didn't like Doctor Who. 
and did everything in his power to get it off the air. Um, yeah. He even succeeded in getting it off the air for 18 months, but a fan protest brought it back. And then, he, you know, the king in Bungo was when he put it up against Coronation Street, which is a, which is the UK's most popular soap. Right. <laughs> and it got asked after that, but there was, there was not, lots of other reasons. Um, you know, I think thinking of reason, it probably got asked as well because the same producer had been you know, in place since 1981, right through to 1989, and that didn't help. But I'd like to thank you for joining me and, uh, you know, coming on, on, on the uh, show. Um, it's been great having you on and um, been been great speaking to you. Thank you so much for, for having me, so to speak. <laughs> no worries. It's science fiction that will blow your mind. This is SFP now. Remember when science fiction drama envisioned stories that were happening where no one had gone before? discovering and exploring other worlds far, far away. While many of these series and films became cult classics, somewhere along the way, this genre got lost. Imagine if there was a place where you could go watch exciting new space opera series made specifically for the niche audience that you are. Imagine if this place was conducted by a team as passionate as you about science fiction and who would use all their background experience to make sure you get the best entertainment possible. SOS is a not-for-profit independent production facility that brings together writers, special effects wizards, and other creative talent from around the world who've worked on some of the most recognizable and respected science fiction franchises. So throw away your remote control and get real control by joining the Space Opera Society right now. With as little as $1, you can change the future of entertainment today. For more information, please visit our website. Which is, of course, spaceoperasociety.com. Where all your questions will be answered in our frequently asked questions page. And don't miss our short video presentation from some of our space opera series in development. And I'll step off the limit. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. And that about wraps things up for uh, this week. We've got lots of exciting stuff coming up over the... Uh, over the next couple of weeks, we have an interview with Ian Edgington, the comics writer Ian Edgington, coming up in the next couple of weeks, um, along with an interview with the uh, star of the uh, new Star Trek series, Star Trek Continues. Uh, so, you know, keep your ears open and your eyes open for those, because they'll be coming up over the next couple of weeks. Um, also, um, I'm not sure when it's going to be returning, but also keep an eye open for a uh, genre Um I do know that Matt's plans to bring it back at some stage, so you know, just keep an eye out for that because he's still doing episodes every now and again. But he's kind of been busy with uh, writing a book. He's also involved in a you know a few new web series productions as well. So. I've no doubt we will tell you about all that once he once he gets a chance to uh, put together another show of uh, genretainment. Um, as ever, thanks for listening. Thanks for your support. Uh, please check out the website scifipulse.net. And also, um, if you're if you're a collector of sci-fi memorabilia, you might enjoy checking out our store as well, which is scifipulsemerch.com. Um, 
So, thanks for listening, and that's all for now. Good night. We offer the world order.